Welcome back to the Keep Your Torch Lit podcast. We are now on episode six. We've come a long way. Um, I'm Sarah. I'm Jack. And I am Sam. Yeah, we, we have come a long way, you know, from the very beginning where we kind of just stumbled onto a, a podcast and just kind of rambled our thoughts on an episode. And to this point where we now have a celebrity named George Jane. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Yanye, 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 Yanye West. Yanye West. Uh, George Yanye West has been on our podcast. Mm. We've now reached millions of people yeah. through our connection. <laughs> billions, billions, uh, billions, billions. So, you know, who are the billions going to see this episode? Uh, who is our guest star? Who we will reveal that at a later time. I, I don't know if there's anyone that could outshine George, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. You know, we are sadly no longer. All together in Sarah's closet, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, I know. Although that was that it was quite a quite a great time last time. Uh, once again, we're back to the dreary, wintry streets of Ann Arbor. It's pretty dreary in Chicago too, honestly. It's dreary all over. I think we're we're in a dreary <laughs> world right now. Oh no! Yeah, the, the kind of the highs of Valentine's Day is kind of is kind of worn off. Mm-hmm. Just like how you know we had we had a lot of great talk about romance on. On uh, Survivor Michigan. Now it looks like this episode kind of transitioning from romance into maybe not dreariness, but you know, it's not, it's not as much, you know, love isn't as much in the air anymore. Yeah. Uh, there's probably some different stuff in the air. So, yeah. uh, why don't we get into some of that? Yeah, you know, let's just, let's just start off with the thumbnail of this episode. The first thing you're going to see, and I have to say, this is an incredible thumbnail. We just see Matthew Israel holding up. These extensive notes about this decision tree, about a three, three, four, two, and I'm just exactly like there's no more love in the air, but we have Matthew's notes in the air. Yeah. We, have, we have these cold hard facts that he has been preparing this whole time, and like the thing is, facts don't care about your feelings. That's the thing. Exactly, and we just honestly this week, I'm like I feel like we've been slacking on preparing our notes and preparing what we're going to talk about. I think we need to bring in a master. Or a, a, a lion, maybe to yeah. hear a little bit of a roar. Oh, yeah, we need to we need to observe a master here at work. <laughs> well, coming to you live from my apartment, it's Matthew on the podcast. Whoa, Whoa! the Matthew. Well, where did Matthew come from? <laughs> Glad to be talking to a couple big wigs of the podcast game. Um, so, thank you guys for having me on. Excited yeah. to break down this episode. Definitely. Uh, Definitely was a fun one. Got a lot of thoughts, um, even though it's been a little while. But Matthew this episode stuff. stick out in my mind after all this time. So mm-hmm. excited, uh, excited to get into it with you guys. Yeah. Well, that's why I also wish you a belated happy birthday. Yes, it's my Redemption Island year, the big two-two. <laughs> Great season, by the way. Quite popular opinion. But yeah, Hot celebrated day. my twenty-second birthday on Saturday. Yeah. You know, so at some other time, Matthew, we can have another debate about whether <laughs> about Redemption Island. Me, me, and Matthew. In the in the per, in the producer chat last year, we were instead of you know planning the challenges and tribals and whatever of Survivor Michigan, we were just arguing about whether or not season twenty two Redemption Island was a good season. Which definitely is not. You know whatever is we can we can get into that at a later yeah. time. Yeah, Matthew, I mean I can pull out my season rankings at some point if you guys want to, but maybe maybe that'll be a topic for another podcast. So. Yeah, I'm thinking you might be biased here because people at home can't see this, but I'm looking at Matthew's laptop right now, and I, I see this cutout picture of Boston Rob. Just, it picks <laughs> up almost the entire right half of the computer. It, it's 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 pretty nice. Yeah, I have a couple of Survivor stakers on my computer, so yeah, if you couldn't tell, I might be a fan of the show. So Matthew, let let me ask you right away: Are are you trying to become the Survivor Michigan Boston Rob. I mean, there's definitely been a lot of comparisons. You're you're wearing the tank tops, you know. You're mm-hmm. you're, you're maybe even getting into a little uh, Robin Amber uh, a showman. So I mean, it's a oh. thing, you know. What's what's happening there? Um, I mean, maybe that was a thought going into the game to be a little Boston Rob. But I have a lot of favorite characters, so I was. Um, but I was also hoping to, you know, become my own character so that people would, you know, try to speaking want to become the next Matthew. Yeah, so. Speaking of like <laughs> oh, kind yeah. of becoming a character, we talked about. In the past couple episodes, how Matthew in the game is super different from Matthew in real life. So was that something that, like, like were you trying to play a character, or did you just kind of like get really into the game and like a different side of you came out? Like, like what was the situation with that? 
Well, to answer your question, Sarah, I think, yeah, you know, a lot of people have mentioned that to me, that there's a difference between Survivor Matthew and Real Matthew, especially my family and people who know me pretty well. I think my grandma texted my mom. She's like, Matthew's definitely not an introvert after watching me, which is not true. In real life, I would call myself an introvert. But I mean, this was just something I was so passionate about. And like the interest in the game and my commitment to it, that was real. Some of the extraness and the cockiness, calling myself the lion. That, that was a little, <laughs> little for the camera. I mean, my biggest fear was that this season would happen and, you know, I would just kind of be irrelevant. So I basically said, that's not going to happen. I'm going to be a character. I'm going to be memorable. Whether that was the right decision or not, you know, I think it was. <laughs> you know, definitely, definitely got to mention a lot in the comments, some positive, some negative. But basically, I just wanted the season to go through and I knew there was like a 1 in 18 chance that I would win but you can control whether you're a big character or not. Because in real life, you know, I can't, I can't compare to a Lavana or a Tarowski. But when, I, when I'm talking to the camera about Survivor, then, then I can compare, I guess. So yeah, I was trying to make myself into a big character so that I could, you know, stand out. And I just wanted to be somebody that I would enjoy watching. I do enjoy watching it, but it's a little bit different when it's actually you. <laughs> but I, I knew that I would be somebody that I would enjoy watching if I was a fan, basically. So. Oh, I mean, that definitely makes sense. You know, you know what? Speaking on that subject of... Uh... What your, what your family and friends think of you. Let's bring in our second guest star of the evening. Whoa! Whoa. Brought to you live from Matthew Israel's couch, Matthew's girlfriend. Whoa! All right, all right, all right. <laughs> then what, what's, what title do you want? I mean, it's fine outside of the game, but, like, I feel like if you just watched the episode and you said Matthew's girlfriend, I don't know if, yeah. <laughs> if that's what I'd want to be. Yeah, this, this is my girlfriend, Sophia. Yeah. Sophia, all right. So, I'm not a fan of game, Matthew. I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah, Matthew, Matthew in the game is not uh, not very dateable. But outside the game, I hope it do a little better. <laughs> yeah, Sophia, I'm curious of your reaction to watching Survivor Michigan. Were you thinking... Is this the same person that I'm dating right now? Well, so we knew each other while he was playing, and he would, like, tell me stuff that he had done. And I was like, really? Like, you did that? You said that? Like, it was pretty surprising. So, like, I kind of knew that it was going to be cringy, at least. And then it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people might say cringy. Some others might say one of the most fun characters to watch, yeah. you know, observe the master, as they say. I've, I've, I've enjoyed it. It can be both, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. people, I've gotten the positives. I saw a comment on this most recent episode that said Matthew thinks way too much of himself. I hope somebody <laughs> knocks him down a peg soon. Um, also, people reach out to me on Twitter who are like, you're, I know you're probably getting a lot of hate, but you're like one of my favorite players to watch and stuff like that. So there's been a little bit of both, um, which I expected, but you know, I'm, I'm fine with how it came out, basically, so it's fun, yes. You know, I, I sometimes I do kind of get in a late-night binge watch of the top 10 cringeworthy moments compilations. <laughs> so, you know, maybe even, so, even though yeah. something might be cringy, it's, you can't stop watching. Yeah, at, at least once an episode, there'll be something where I'm like, why did I say that? <laughs> um, yeah, maybe sometimes twice an episode. <laughs> Especially the one where I was referring to myself as the lion. That was, I kind of forgot that I had filmed that one, honestly. I did remember the one where I was like, would I call myself the mastermind? Yes, yes, I would. And I was praying that George wouldn't put that in there, but he did because George, George sees everything. Nothing gets by him. If it's worthy of being put in the episode, George will find it. But yes, I don't even think I realized when I was filming those, like, realize that this is actually going to be shown on YouTube and stuff like that. But now I do, but it's still, it's still all good. So I, I appreciate what George did and the way he portrayed me. So he, he knew I wanted a big edit. I mean, he gave it to yeah, me. He's so. definitely delivered on that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he has. Well, you know who doesn't think you're a big character is Liz, because she, she thinks all the boys are robotic. Yeah, Liz, Liz said I didn't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Liz commented that none of the guys have feelings, but that honestly really hurt my feelings. Oh, she oh, doesn't no. think we have feelings. But yeah, Liz, Liz is cool. I know in the game, it seems like we didn't really get along that well. But outside the game, we're fine. You know, Liz is... This is really cool. But yeah, in the in the game, we uh, up until that point, you know, hadn't talked one on one and stuff like that. So I could see where she was coming from. Basically, I didn't I didn't blame her. So <laughs> it's funny. Definitely. Definitely. They kind of get like, a, I don't know if, if a lot of you have heard this term, but like game body kind of description of the guys where basically she was kind of describing Matthew, Mitch and Cam is just like ultra focused on strategy and just like ignoring the other aspects you know whether or not that's necessarily true you know could have could have definitely been an exaggeration um but it, i did think it was kind of a, a funny thing where yeah she kind of went into like wow these guys just like don't have feelings they just don't they're just robots out there 
Um, yeah, I think I think that's something that even in College Survivor, like a tip to anybody who's thinking about playing, like make sure if you talk to somebody, like at least five or ten minutes of like social conversation, so yeah. that you know you can actually be friends with them and not just you know focus entirely on strategy. I think I think that's where a lot of that was coming from, which I didn't realize, you know, in conversations and stuff like that, that the entire conversation would be about the game, and <laughs> obviously that comes across somewhat yeah. game body. So just get a little stopwatch, put the timer to seven point five minutes. And when it goes off, you can transition into the real talk. So just, you know, that's how it's got to be. It's got to be that way. Yeah. No, that's that's funny. So Liz was, you know, delivering this confessional talk, you know, kind of roasting the guys there for their emotions. But at the same time, I think some people were, were roasting Liz for uh, her deciding to wear a choker. <laughs> yeah. uh, not get me started on this, but I, I love the choker look. I think that, especially in this game where we've lost a couple fashion icons early, I think Liz is going full tilt into becoming our new fashion icon. I mean, this is just a blast from the 90s, blast from like 2006, and just like right onto our computer screens. And I, you know, I, I loved every moment of it. Absolutely. The being a fashion icon doesn't mean you wear what's popular. It means you wear what, you know, might generate some buzz. It might, it might draw some uh, big reactions from people, but... You know, Liz is, isn't afraid to just to just go all the way. And I, I'm definitely appreciating her kind of picking up the torch that <laughs> Shay and Nikhil dropped when they were voted out mm-hmm. as the previous fashion icons of this season. So, Liz, I, I want to thank you for boldly and bravely picking up that torch. I also wanted to quote Mitch in the group me. Mitch commented, if Brittany Silverman can say I'm stuck in the 1800s, then I can say that Liz Ladwig is stuck in 2005 with that choker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. Mitch. Mitch. You know who else made a fashion change in this episode was Cam. He took his sling off because he wanted to seem stronger. Oh wow. Yeah. What a strong boy. You know, he he got injured in some nondescript way, you know, playing Quidditch or whatever. And now he's just he's fueling all of his energy back into his arm and healing himself. It, it's it's quite incredible. Yes. I mean, you know, I I feel like um I remember at the beginning of the season, we kind of were seeing flashes of Cam being like a competitor. Um, I remember how there was the confessional where, where Matthew was describing exactly what strategy he was going to use in the uh, challenge where you're knocking the cups off of the ping pong paddles. And you see Cam just like perfectly pull it off and, you know, kind of <laughs> embarrass the other tribe. Yeah, I, I usually talk a big game. Cam actually performed in the challenges. Yeah. Cam <laughs> performed well in the challenges. Not to say that Matthew was performing badly in them, but... Yeah. Cam was definitely kind of living up to, I think, a, a title of a big competitor. Yeah, no, up until this point, I've been pretty shitty in the challenges, especially if you see Cooper dominate all of us in Newcomb um, oh, and him being in the memory game. So, yeah, ch- challenge game up to this point has been pretty terrible. I think Cooper has been the challenge piece so far. This yeah, season. I'd agree. Who would have thought that seeing this, like, cute little boy with his glasses walk on in the first day that he's the challenge beast? He's like the Ozzy out here. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like a little, little snowman just mm-hmm. buttoned up in his little shirt with his little glasses and charcoal teeth. He just got to grow his hair out a little bit, and then he's basically Aussie. Pretty much. I mean, yeah, that's one of the things you would have to do. <laughs> <laughs> so we all know that Matthew is really good at managing girls and whatnot. But we also learned this episode that he's also good at managing short-term versus long-term views. So Matt, you were saying how if this was the final six, you would win. So at that point, were you really like positioned the best within that Maison, like old Maison Six alliance, you think? I think it's complicated. I think at that point in the game, Mitch and Leia were willing to lose Liz only due to the fact that they thought a swap was coming. You know, if this had somewhat been final six, I honestly think it might have been split 3-3, me, Brittany, Cam on one side, Leia, Liz, and Mitch on the other. But I think Mitch and Leia both knew a swap was coming. And so that's kind of why they, you know, threw Liz under the bus a little bit, especially like in that OG4 meeting. But at, at that point, I thought the pecking order, at least personally, would have been Liz, then Mitch, and then probably Leia, and then like hopefully would have taken, you know, Brittany and Cam to the end at that point. That That's kind of what I was thinking, that if, you know, Maison was the final six, and that that's what I wanted to do at that point in the game, so. Gotcha. Yeah. We definitely did see uh, you and Cam kind of develop that relationship really from, from day one, the very beginning. That was, I think, the first like video of two people strategizing that we saw. I remember you mentioning, I'm not, I'm not sure how verified it was, that you thought that it was the first like strategic conversation of the season that had happened. Um, yeah, so, as far as I know, that's the first one-on-one strategic conversation in Survivor Mission history. So Yeah, wow. well, there you wow. go. Proud to be in the record books for that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so I guess it's not a surprise that um, we've kind of seen you and Cam stick together all the way up until now, you know? 
Yeah, can we get into that a little more? Because I think that's been definitely an interesting relationship so far. Has been you and Cam. So, what made you originally like drawn to Cam to want to work with him? And yeah, uh, I mean, Cam just seemed like a cool guy. You know, you see in that Jimmy John's, you know, meeting, he was pretty social. Also, on like day one, we both kind of got. We were one of the first people that showed up there, so just started talking, got to know him. You know, we we're both kind of interested in the same things. You know, he was a big Michigan basketball fan. Like, went to a lot of games, and so did I. So, kind of talked about that for a while. And then the fact that we both walked the same direction away from Jimmy John's was just sort of, you know, a natural match. Match made in heaven, basically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh Is he picky about food, too? I don't think so. You know, opposites attract, too. Yeah, it's true. I just think it's funny how different Matthew's confessionals are from Lavana's. <laughs> Matt, with yours, they're, like, super intense, like, strategy, like, so many things going on at once. And- Ivana's just all like, you know, I, I slept a little bit, went back to New York. She, like, gives us a room tour, takes us to the bathroom. How do we feel about this bathroom confessional? I love that Lavana. I don't think, realizes that she's playing Survivor. I think she got picked to be on, like, a YouTube vlog series. Like, it, it really <laughs> seems like she's just, like, vlogging her day-to-day life, which, which is just uh, incredible to me. Yeah, she talked about having short-term memory loss mm-hmm. and then, like, forgot what she was saying as she was saying it like, like I, I have short-term memory loss because i was in my lecture oh wait and she like pauses and like tries to remember what she was going to say and then like tells a story about turning in a paper twice but like couldn't remember the way that the story went as she's telling it like i, I she's she's just given us a lot of gold and in, in this episode so basically lavana is dory from finding nemo uh, we're, we're just creating so many <laughs> animal and creature yeah. personifications in this cast and any any opinions do you have matt of uh any any um animals or creatures that can be assigned to people in the cast that hasn't hasn't been done yet no i think you guys have been pretty spot on i, I know i assigned myself a name in, the, <laughs> in my professional stuff so you guys want to stick with that you're a lion so are you going to be are you going to be simba or are you going to be um Lufasa? Fasa or Scar. You're going to be the Cowardly Lion from uh, Wizard of Oz. Sometimes I get the Lion from the Lion King confused and can't remember which one's the good guy and which one's the bad guy. Would you rather be the good guy or the bad guy? (laughs) That's a great question. Am I a hero or a villain? That's up to the viewer. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) So, Scar? Is Matthew um, Mufasa or Scar? I just feel like he's trying to be a bad guy, but I just don't think he can pull it off. Like, not long term. Short term, yeah, but like long term. And maybe, I think that Sophia's trying to say that Matthew just has such a a heart of gold that you're really not a villain. Aww. Uh (laughs) Yeah, we'll call myself a hero. There we go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully. I'm going to go that far. All right. Um, But yeah, no, going back to Lavana, I think it was hilarious because we're. You know, we're seeing these confessionals of Lavana. She takes us to the bathroom with her. And then all of a sudden, we're getting to dun, 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 the casino gate. Oh, Christmas gate. Christmas gate? No, it was casino gate. It's Santa gate. Snapchat gate. Snapchat gate. I just love Snapchat that gate. it all happened on Christmas. Like, And this is just a beautiful Christmas gift to the viewers. Because I think the number one topic on everybody's mind when they first saw um, that Alex Thaw and Alex Tarowski, um were like such good friends, roommates. So they're like, okay, when is everybody else going to find out? When is it going to be revealed? And we came very, very close to that. I love how in the snap, Tarowski has like no idea what's going on. He's like zoned out watching TV. Like <laughs> the star of that snap is the dancing skeleton in the background. Yeah. So the, the funny part about this is that Tarowski was super mad. And I think they had like their first fight over Survivor. They were like, we never really got into fights until this. And then Tarasi confiscates his phone, which is such a dad move, first of all. Mm-hmm. I wondered if he also gave him a timeout, you know? Just, like, yeah. Yeah. And, and Thal just seemed like he felt like so bad. He was just like, yeah. oh, it's the worst day of my life. Yeah, I can't believe I did this to Tarowski. Oh. <laughs> Well, okay, so they had mentioned that, what, like, two people had seen the Snap story before I assume it was taken down mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. Yes. They said it was Angela and they said Akshay, Akshay right? Yeah. That's the thing where I was kind of curious. I was surprised that, like, because they said that Angela responded, like, wow. And I guess we can get into the aftermath a little bit later. But still, like, my initial thought is, like, you have two people that see this, like, they're going to tell everybody, right? Like, I think that's kind of yeah. what the Alex assumed. 
I was going to say, after after the swap, maybe we'll touch back to this later, but Akshay definitely said something to me. He's like, the Alexes are so close, they went camping together. I saw it in their Snapchat. Um, Ooh. There was a little bit more talk about it than we thought. Yeah, cause... did that make the episode? I don't... I don't think him saying that made it, but he definitely said it. He didn't say, he didn't know at that point the roommates, mm-hmm. but no, I think the main point was that everybody at that point already knew the two of them were, you know, super tight. We didn't know how tight, but everybody knew they were tight at that point, so. And I guess I can, I guess I can kind of explain why it wasn't, like, a, a, your super huge deal because I think maybe they were worried that like oh no like nobody knows that we're tight and now they're going to realize that we're tight and see us as a huge threat and blah 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 maybe it's like everyone kind of knew they were tight and for whatever reason just didn't see that as super threatening or maybe it didn't see that as the biggest threat at the moment so maybe it maybe there wasn't because there was kind of like I think after all this drama it didn't really blow up like we thought it would. It, you know, I guess maybe part of the reason for that is that like people just didn't see it as a big surprise. Because yeah, as you see that you see them kind of like talking about like, oh no, like what are we gonna do? Like we had to get our story straight. They tried to make up this like crazy story of how they like met as a coincidence. Yeah, I think it would have been like like you said, everybody kind of assumed they were close. It would have been a much bigger deal if somebody had seen you know say Cooper and Leia on a Snapchat together. Yeah. But the fact that they were in the same alliance, were clearly working together. It's like oh, they're they're tight outside the game too. Good to know. Yeah, it wasn't like they were like poking each other into their into their beds that they shared together. You know, they yeah. were in a bunk bed room. That, they that was actually yeah, a little slight inside info. But in last episode after the summit. When we all go to Tarowski's house, he was apparently, he tells us this, you know, after the season that he was actually at that point, like he was texting Thaw and saying like, make sure you're not like at home, go hide in your room, basically, because we were going over to Tarowski's house. We ended up just staying out on the porch and Tarowski didn't bring us inside because he didn't want us to see Thaw there. But he was madly texting him like, make sure you stay inside. Like we're all going to hang out on the porch, basically. So, oh my God, I remember that (laughs) shot on the porch. I didn't realize that was at Tarowski's house. Yes. Wow. That's so funny that he's just like stuck indoors, like trapped. And you guys are like having <laughs> yeah. fun on the porch. <laughs> I really wish that he would have just like came up behind you guys in the window and just like waved at the yeah. camera and like <laughs> that way. Home. That would have been tough to deny if that had happened. But. Oh man! Wow, that's that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I was wondering if you, you know, I don't know if you would know or not, but do you know how they handled like? people meeting up at their houses if they live together like do they have like a separate house that they pretended that Thaw lived at or something I think they probably just told people to meet up at set like public places yeah. I think because obviously if one of them were to meet at that house one time then everybody would assume that mm-hmm. was one of their houses so but basically what they do is meet in public places yeah that makes sense yeah I mean because you said there was the one time that, that you went to Tarowski's so I I guess my assumption is that Thaw would probably never invite mm-hmm. people there we know when they were saying all the stuff in a row about like, oh, we both named Alex T, and oh, we both have some of the same mannerisms. Oh, we live in like the same street, yeah. and now also we're both in the same hotel. Like it's, it does kind of seem like man, like there's all these things that are definitely kind of adding up to like there being a bigger picture. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess no one really could have predicted they were apple picking and kayaking and you know going to the hospital for kidney stones together, but you know that definitely was pretty public that they had gone to Christmas time. Hey, Matt, did you ever stalk the people you were playing with on social media? I think I tried to, not very in-depth, but I think we tried to. Okay. At least, I mean, not, like, stalking to see if, like, they knew other people in the game, but just, you know, kind of friend them on Facebook and stuff like that, but didn't do didn't do anything in-depth. But, mm-hmm. I mean, both both the pairs who knew each other did a lot to hide it. So even if I was looking, I would have been, wouldn't have been able to find it, so. Okay, gotcha. Well... I think that it's probably about time we get into one of the bigger moments. This episode had a lot of big moments, big but episode. one of the bigger moments of the episode happened right at night as we're getting ready for the challenge. Everybody goes to the tennis courts, and George tells them to drop their buffs. We are swapping. Oh, my gosh. Matt, what was your reaction to this? I kind of saw it coming. We all kind of thought George wanted us to swap at the summit, mm-hmm. um, and when we didn't, we assumed it would come at some point, so... Um, yeah, I wasn't, wasn't really surprised when he said drop their drop everybody's buffs. And then obviously he has us all pick the rocks. I wasn't sure whether or not I wanted to be tribe captain. I mean, I guess I was one away. Liz was standing to my right and there were two rocks left and she picked the colored one. So I was close to being a captain, but I guess, I guess I'm glad Liz got it because it was fun to see Liz go up there and really struggle with picking tribes. I probably would have had the same struggle too, but it was clear that Liz had a, had a tough time picking people for her tribe. So. Yeah. So before you were picked, it was kind of like, the teams were Liz, Cooper, Leia, and then there was Levana, Mitch, and Akshay. This was before you were picked. So which side did you want to be on at that point? Probably would have wanted to be with Cam, I guess. But I also wanted to be picked. 
So I think I think I was <laughs> fine when Lavana picked me and basically I realized both tribes were probably going to end up being three versus three. So it wasn't like one tribe was going to be better in terms of numbers. And I felt good with, you know, everybody in the Maison six for the most part. So I, I knew whatever tribe I ended up on, it would be three, three, and I would have some Maisons that I could work with. And why do you think no one picked Kara? I think that's a good question. Well, obviously, like, Anila was going to be one of the last people picked. And I think when it got down to Angela and Kara, Liz at that point, because when we talked to Kara during the scavenger hunt, she was there at the arch as well. And we kind of got some info out of her that she might be on the bottom. So that's why Liz picked her really quickly was because she thought, you know, Angela might be the one on the bottom. She might be the most likely to flip. So that's why she picked her over Kara, I think. Okay. Which is interesting because, like, I, mean, I guess kind of looking at Nila, we haven't really seen them go to Tribal in a while, but it kind of had seemed that Angela's pretty solidly with the Alexes and Kara by that point. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know if I can, I mean, this is just from my opinion, maybe, I, I guess I have no idea because this Nila tribe didn't go to Tribal again. But it definitely seemed like there's kind of, now maybe not, maybe nobody's really on the bottom, but there's definitely kind of like a four-person thing with the Alexes, Kara, and Angela, then kind of like the trio of Cooper, Akshay, and Lavana on the bottom kind of having to go up against the four. So I think that's kind of interesting. I mean, I guess in the beginning, it definitely did. Angela definitely was on the bottom kind of being on the outs for the Jonathan vote, but I definitely have been impressed with Angela and kind of seen her position herself a lot better throughout the game. Yeah. Angela has really come out from being like the underdog. I think like she's put in work. I like that. She's not just sitting back and like letting things happen. Like she's actually trying to better her position in the game. And so I am rooting for Angela right now, for sure. And Matthew I think definitely. Yeah. yeah, it seems like on both tribes, there are kind of like these sixes that formed people who are really like playing the game hard. And then there's a three. There are people kind of more on the outside. I mean, not that like Sarah Gallagher or Jonathan were like playing hard, but like they were just on the outside of that six for whatever reason. And I think that out of like all those people who are on the outside of the sixes, Angela has definitely done the best job of kind of realizing that where her spot was and kind of finding a crack in that larger six and like working back into it i thought i was really surprised uh given how much maison was kind of dominating the beginning that they ended up having to vote out was it three people in a row yeah yeah, yeah. We, we kind of blew our two person leads so. yeah I, was, I mean that was definitely not what i was expecting i was kind of thinking like man this this nila tribe is going to get decimated and all of a sudden like Definitely a big turnaround. Then all of a sudden, Cooper realized how to play challenges. And he's like, oh, wait, I am Ozzy. That's right, because Maison did not lose. Yeah. Maison did not lose to Nilo. They lost to Cooper, yeah. you know, as, as Leia has said probably about 50,000 times. <laughs> Cooper's got the brains, the bronze, and the beauty, you know? True, that's true. Oh, definitely. Yeah, w- which tribe would you put Cooper on? I think all three. He's literally yeah, exactly. the epitome of all three. So. We, we would probably need to clone Cooper yeah. and put a different person in all and three. And he's now. a hero and a healer and a hustler, I think, as yeah. well. I agree. Wow. And he's also a hero and, and a villain. So he's just yeah. And he's a David and a Goliath. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's a, a white collar, blue collar, <laughs> and a no collar all at once. So. And he's a blood and he's a water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very versatile. But yeah, what, uh, what did you guys think of the Newcomb Challenge? You know, that was a tough one. I'd never heard of that game before. Cooper had heard of it and played it at camp yeah. before, apparently. So that's why he dominated. Um, and basically, oh. before we even figured out the strategy, Cooper had destroyed us but would you what do you guys think was that a fun challenge to watch i i loved it especially because i actually am a newcomb fiend like i Ooh. i wonder if we went to the same camp me and cooper because that's like i did i would do that all <laughs> summer basically especially in like elementary middle school so i i would have loved to get it got a chance to go out there and rest off dust off the old rusty newcomb skills like i could have there's it's just such a fun game to like just to play and just like screw over people and like do little fakes and just like pound the ball down like, oh, yeah. oh it's so much fun yeah i never heard of it but i've definitely played like similar games and like feel like i really enjoyed that game yeah it looks fun it was like kind of like the line was kind of iffy on what what was defined as underhand and overhand for some of the throwing because it was like you know it was done with like a little teeny like tennis net i think i usually played newcomb on like a volleyball yeah. um net so it was a little bit i think of a different strategy but yeah, definitely being someone like Cooper who was like had experience playing and knows how to play gives you like a huge advantage, you know, because it takes just one round for the other tribe to even figure out like the strategy. And by then you're already down, you know, you, you one to zero and it only takes two points to win. I think Cooper just has a skill of having Cooper's advantage is just he comes from these challenges with the most random skills that he's for some reason <laughs> very, very good at. 
Like he's like, <laughs> for some reason extremely good at memorizing like the position of random household objects and like <laughs> rearranging them quickly. Mm-hmm. And then now he's super good at this backyard game where you're throwing a ball over a net and faking people out. I was definitely impressed by how like he comes in a lot of these situations and challenges and just like pretty it seems like be pretty well rounded. Whenever mm-hmm. he talked about being a threat a couple episodes ago, and that was before he like again basically single handedly won a challenge for his tribe. One skill he does not have though is digging up sand in volleyball courts. He does though. He he dug it perfectly for Shroud to reach That's right That's true. In. He did, he, did, he dug a great hole. He's not he he's not great at searching the holes. He's a very he good knows. hole digger. Mm-hmm. He should be like yeah, a, was- be a grave digger. Yeah. Jack, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do, what do you think, Matthew? You think that uh, Cooper might be the next uh, James Clement? Maybe the next uh, great grave digger? Yeah, I mean, the James, he's got a little bit of Joe, a little bit of Terry Dietz in him, a little bit of Brad Culpepper. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, basically, the uh, the ultimate challenge beast, basically. So, I mean, we stood no chance in that challenge. Uh, I, think, I think that was pretty clear. But, yeah, what do you guys think of after the challenge? I know they go to... New Maison, it felt weird not to see myself in the yellow buff and to see Tarowski, yeah. Cooper, and um, Angela in the yellow buff. And I thought it was really interesting, the conversation that happened afterwards with Leia and with Cooper about how Cooper felt very nervous. And then to see Leia and Liz go to Angela and basically see if Angela is willing to flip and Angela basically stonewall them. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, what, what are your guys' thoughts? Do you think Angela might consider flipping to New Maison? Do you think she might eventually? Like, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I was, like, yeah, definitely impressed with Angela and how, like, she definitely isn't easily manipulated. Like, because, you know, the girls are trying to, a little, uh, they're basically kind of trying to sweet talk her a little bit and then saying, like, yeah, we kind of want to work with you. But then I think Angela is saying how they weren't actually, like, they sounded very noncommittal and she picked up on that pretty quickly. Yeah, I actually thought for some reason that Liz and Leia would be able to, like, charm her into, like, working with them. But she did not fall for it at all. Which I was kind of surprised about, actually. Yeah, because up until now, I mean, I guess Liz, we've seen more of her flaws, but it, it seems like they've kind of seemed a little bit unstoppable in a way. Like, Leia hasn't really seen, I think, in the game, a ton of adversity. It's kind of seemed Except like a lot of things. she's facing Cooper in a challenge. That's true. Yeah, I mean, she's, uh, what, one and one? Yeah. One and one and one and one in those. Or I guess now she's, yeah, when going up face-to-face to Cooper, mm-hmm. you know, as I miss with some adversity. But, no, in general, it's like her... She doesn't seem super challenged, I think. So it is kind of interesting seeing all of a sudden, like, for people like Liz and Leia, especially Leia, where things have mostly gone their way, for something to not really be as easy. I don't think she would ever, like, cut ties and just say that she would never work with Liz and Leia. I think that she thinks she has better options, but, like, if given the opportunity, if she thought she could make a good move, I think that she would work with them, for sure. Yeah, I think... It's definitely probably a good idea at first, especially if you're on like a 3-3 tribe. Like you really want to seem like your three is strong so that like you convince the other people to like flip over to you. Mm-hmm. Like if you like show like any kind of like semblance of a fracture, like they're, they're going to start wanting to start like breaking at that. Like it's different if you're kind of, if you're swapped into a tribe where like you're on the majority, maybe you can kind of, might be better to maybe give the other people some hope or whatever. And maybe seem, maybe things seem like they aren't as secure as they are. But like, I, I feel like it's definitely the right move. At least in your first meeting, people just be like, no, I think like we're really solid. Like, I think you guys should be flipping over to us. Mm-hmm. I think the even number dynamics, you know, it worked out really well for George. So he could get it three versus three. If you get, if you get where like one original tribe easily has the majority, then um, might, might not be as exciting to watch. On the new Maison, or Maison, whatever you want to call it. Maison. <laughs> News on. News on. Oh, that's, okay. There we go. There's, so, Nula. Uh, so, we've got Nula and News on. Yes. Wait, maybe Maze on. Maze maybe Maze 2, because it's like Maze, Maze 1 on <laughs> Maze. Okay. Well, I think I think if I had the naming rights, and I think that should have came over with me in the swap, basically. Exactly. Yeah, definitely should. Wait, did you come up with Maze on? The naming wait, rights, wait, I think. Wait, yeah. wait, wait a second. Wait. Maze on. Who came up with that? Who came up with that? Who came up with that? Oh yeah, I actually have the trademark to that name, so I was I was kind of upset that they were still using that when I wasn't gonna try it. But wow. yeah, but wow. it, it was You're not getting any royalties or anything. Yeah, exactly. So you guys got a little bit of New Maison, and then it's just right over to Nula um, slash Nunila, and basically you get conversations with me and Akshay right after the challenge, and with Mitch and Thal right after the challenge. And I think the um, George did a good job of capturing basically everything that Akshay said to me right after that challenge. It was, it was really interesting to hear 
can basically break it all down and, you know, kind of tell me that, you know, everything Cooper and Tarowski said to me was a lie. And I mean, basically, like, I felt bad because, you know, we had kind of given up the summit because we felt that Cooper and Tarowski might have been in danger if they'd gone to tribal and actually basically said, no, they they totally played you and Mitch, which, you know, was was true. And then hearing him kind of toss Thaw into the bus. And then I'm still the episode made it seem like I was the one who came up with the split. I still think it was Akshay who came up with the split to us, but I guess that's neither here nor there. You know, after that conversation, he kind of agreed that we should do a 2-2 split. And then, you know, Mitch had his talk with Thal. And then right afterwards, me, Mitch, and Brittany got on a call, and I basically laid it out for them. This is Akshay's plan. And then, as you guys can see, the rest of the week is basically us going back and forth on whether or not to believe this plan. You know, I had my opinions, but what, what would you guys have thought in that situation if somebody came to you and proposed splitting the vote? I feel like Akshay was actually on top of his game this episode. Like, didn't he have you fooled? I feel yeah, like he I did. And he's saying that you believed him fully. Yeah, and he's told me after the game, like, I've asked him about this week, and he said that originally, like, whether I believe this or not, it was out of the game, so, like, he had reason to tell me the truth. But he said at first he was actually considering flipping on Thal, and then as soon as he talked to Mitch, which a little bit of that conversation has shown, he got a not-great vibe from Mitch and thought that Mitch definitely didn't believe Akshay. And as soon as Akshay thought that Mitch didn't believe in the 2-2 plan, Actually, knew we probably weren't going to go along with it. And I was literally the only proponent of the 2-2 plan. And Mitch and Brittany said, don't do that. You'd be an idiot to do that. They, they were right. So we, we came up with a different plan. I think one of the main reasons I wanted the 2-2 plan is because Akshay had told me that I was getting votes. So I thought it would be riskier for us to actually put three votes on mm-hmm. Lavana because I thought if I got played on Lavana, I would go home. So mm-hmm. that, that was my reasoning. It was broken down in the decision tree. You guys didn't see all of it. But I, th- I think at the moment, <laughs> that's why I wanted the 2-2 is because I trusted Akshay. And I thought that if we put three on somebody, that an idol could get played. And then if it did, then I would go home, basically. Okay. And I guess I was curious, too, like, why it's Lavana's name that's being talked about and not Thal or Akshay. Because, because you know, Lavana, we, we see her as, our, as introduced as the team captain. You know, we're going back. She was She drew the rock. I think this was probably one of the, if I had to choose out of all, whatever, 13 of them, the one who would be the most fun to watch would be a team captain. It would probably be Lavana. I, I can't believe that it was her that drew the rock. Because she didn't even know what a swap was. I think that, like, after there's a confessional right after the swap, she's like, saying that she didn't even know what a swap was. Yeah. Right? She's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I thought it was funny to hear Thal talk to Trowski and be like, Lavano was just sitting there and, you know, kind of saying, next week we'll still have six, you know, just kind of ignoring what everybody else was thinking, which is, oh, shit, we have to go to tribal council soon. But, yeah, yeah I mean, the reason we did vote for Lavano was because we didn't want to vote for Akshay because we still thought he might be with us. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't want to basically get rid of him. And then we thought Thal, out of the two, Lavano and Thal, Thal was definitely most likely to have an idol, and then so we we thought Lavana was our safest bet. And I mean, we were pretty limited on options. We basically had three, and you know, two were taken off the table. So it basically yeah. could only be Lavana. Yeah. And that's uh, well, that's a, that's a good insight. I mean, Thal went to tribal with an idol in his pocket. You know, he as did with, Mitch. <laughs> as did Mitch. That that was a, a lot of power went into that tribal with like two people carrying idols. I, that that really surprised me. Yeah. I was very surprised. Not super surprised that Trowski would give Alex his idol. Wait, Trowski gave Thal his idol? Yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah, I don't think that was shown in the episode. They showed Trowski thinking about giving it to him, and obviously oh Thal didn't play God. it. But I'm pretty sure I heard after the fact that at that tribal council, both Mitch and Thal had the actual idol in their pockets, which I had no idea at the time that. at that tribal council. I had no idea two idols were at that tribal council. So did, I was, yes. Did you have any inkling that Mitch would have it? Like, or that. that... I thought Leia had it, but I had. No idea that Leia would have given it to Mitch. Yeah, would have yeah. would have given it to Mitch. But we all kind of thought Leia had it, even though nobody, even though it hadn't been confirmed or anything like that. Even though nobody had said it, and also the fact that neither of them played idols is pretty crazy to think about. Because I don't think either of them felt entirely safe. You know, Akshay had been telling us during the week it could be like we might vote for Matthew, we might vote for Mitch. I mean, when obviously they end up voting for Brittany, so I think Mitch thought he definitely could get votes. And then Thal obviously had heard his name tossed out via Akshay. You know, even though as he you know, actually said, this is my fake plan. You know, Thal still thought there was a possibility he could get votes. So the fact that both of them held on to that idol is uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, it seemed to me kind of like an old, like, Western, like, stare down. Like, I feel like if one of them played the idol, like, especially correctly, then instantly, of course, the other person would have played the idol. But it was just kind of like, 
you know, almost playing chicken and like, okay, like, I, I don't want to like be a fool and play this idol right now when like we could still have the advantage, even though it's like 3-3 three, three and like there's not, like, if nobody flips, you're going to yeah. rocks, which would be, I don't, like, I, I can't imagine wanting to go to rocks if you have an idol in your pocket and like being that willing to. Yeah, I think both of them, I think Mitch only would have played it if, like Thawd stood up and give an idol to Lavana because Mitch knew he voted three for Lavana. Yeah. So basically, if he if he saw Thaw play out, stand up and play it for himself, then you know Mitch. I don't know if he would have played it because he would have known that all three and Lavana would basically still count. But yeah, that that tribal was literally the first, and I think I mentioned this where like I had I had no idea what's happening. That was kind of the first week where the game caught up to me, and I realized like th this is actually a game. You know, this is actually you know real Survivor being played because there were so many different possibilities that week that you know myself crazy and i went into tribal having no idea what would happen i was i was really 50 50 on whether akshay would go with us and you know what could happen and that was the first tribal where i was like somehow it could be me at this tribal council um which i hadn't really felt before so the tribal was a whirlwind and i think you see on my face like when the votes are being read it took me a long time to process really what had happened and after it was three three i was like wait it shouldn't have been three three actually should have flipped and then i had to realize like oh wait he didn't flip yeah well Brittany was especially freaking out during this trial because she got votes like her reaction throughout the whole thing like she kept looking at you and mitch she was like freaking out yeah she was definitely yeah yeah because that was the only name that hadn't been thrown out actually had basically told us all week it's like he's either we're, we're either gonna vote for you or we're gonna vote for mitch and so as soon as we saw Brittany's name written down, I was like, wait a second, something went wrong. Like, I didn't think Brittany was getting votes. And then once she got three, it took a second to sink in. But I realized, oh, wait, Akshay was totally playing us. So were you considering at all flipping on her? Or I feel like it seems like you and Brittany are pretty close. So yeah, honestly, well, I didn't want to go to rocks. But honestly, I thought Mitch might flip. And like, I was kind of half hoping he would so that we could avoid rocks, basically. I really didn't even have time to consider the fact whether Thaw might flip. And as you see, like once once Mitch Mitch gets back from revoting and like he doesn't hold Britney's hand, I thought like, oh shoot, like Mitch flipped. Like I was half glad, half sad. I was glad that, you know, we might not have to go to Rocks, but sad that he had flipped basically. I was pretty sure he did. And then when I saw three for Lavana, you know, you can see it on my face. I'm like, I I was really confused. I was like, how did that happen? And then and then it took me a couple of seconds, but then then we realized that Mitch hadn't flipped and that Thaw had flipped, and it was uh pretty Pretty crazy. Definitely did not expect that in my decision tree. That was definitely oh. not a possibility. Um, yeah. Wow, you overlooked Let's talk about the decision tree. Oh my god, that was a great scene where it shows you just like it's seemingly talking forever as it's just like zooming in as you're just talking about all oh, this could happen or this could happen or this could happen or this could happen, and you just you just keep going. Like so, you you go through all these like all these things that could be possible, like blah blah blah. This could be happening, saying. But the one thing that you're sh that you were sure of that wasn't happening was that Akshay had just been lying to you the whole week. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I think that was one of the branch. Well, I just kind of laid out. It was like one branch was three yeah. one, and the other branch was two two. Basically, what would happen if we went with the two two mm -hmm. and Akshay was with us? If he wasn't, you know, what would happen if we go with the three one and Akshay's with us? Akshay isn't with us, and then a bunch of you know, if X plays an idol and stuff like that. Um, but I don't think I ever had the scenario in there where it like ends up tied, no idols played correctly and fall flip. So that was, that was totally unexpected, but definitely, definitely a pleasant surprise when we realized afterwards that, that he had flipped. And then you guys will get to see the fallout from that. It showed a little bit in the preview. You guys will get to see us talking to Thaw right after Tribal Council in the next episode. That was a, that was an interesting conversation too. So that you guys will Guys, yeah, oh, just yeah. have to wait for next episode. Next episode oh. is amazing too, by the way. I know I keep saying this, but literally every single week it keeps getting better. So if you guys thought this episode was good, like honestly, next episode will be better. I can I can promise you that. Oh. Next, next episode is very, very good too. <laughs> Ooh, all right, getting excited for it. Giving us a little bit of a sneak peek. That was that definitely was a very solid. I think one of the most exciting, if not the most exciting episodes so far has been this one. Yeah, basically, wow. this this is when tribals started to get exciting, basically. Oh, yeah. You have the summit, you know, you have the scavenger hunt, you have fun challenges. Um, and I guess the Jonathan tribal and the Sarah were kind of blindsides. But Maison tribals had been pretty boring. You know, after the swap was when the game really picked up in terms of, you know, the strategy, relationships, tribal councils, and, and all that stuff. So you guys are really in for a treat. It's, I guess like well, how many's been six episodes or probably yeah, be about six or seven more. So you guys are about halfway through, and oh, yeah. trust me, the second half is better than the first. So that's Whoa. amazing! Yeah. Wow. Also, a lot of people are wondering Lavana's exit speech. She was talking about Thal, and like implying that they had like a thing going on or whatever. 
But we have a new segment in our podcast, basically called Insider Info from George. <laughs> it's Insider Info from the true master of Toronto, Michigan. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited George. to hear it. I don't know what it's going to be. Ooh. Yeah, so we're going to play a clip of something that George played oh, for us. You never knew what's around a bend. Big adventure or brand friend when you're curious. I like curious jaws. Hey, Keep Your Torchlight crew, it is I, George Jane, your friendly neighborhood Survivor Michigan host, and apparently going forward, we're doing a new segment on your show, and I get to be a part of it. Um, so all the, to the, all the fans out there, I'm sorry that you have to continue to hear my voice. Hopefully that bodes well with some of you. But I'm here to give you all some insider information about this week's episode. Uh, it had to be about one thing and one thing only. It is about our queen, Lavana, rip to Lavana. She had a very interesting uh, little conversation with herself in her post-memoriam after she was voted off at the end of the episode. She talked about a possible more-than-friendship relationship with Alex Thal. And to a lot of you, including myself, that was kind of out of the blue. But this actually stems back to about the first week when Lavana, well, for the first couple of weeks was kind of miss saying the right Alex at uh, her confessionals, and she kept calling Alex Trowski kind of like, you know, cool, maybe attractive, kind of flirty with her. And then after about maybe the third week, she realized she'd been talking about the wrong Alex this whole time, and it was great, and I didn't put it in because it'd be way too confusing for everyone. But, yeah, uh, there was really nothing more than that. Uh, it is it is as weird as you think it is, and I love every minute of it. And, yeah, it was kind of a one, maybe a one-sided thing, maybe more of a inside Lavana's mind kind of thing, but it was great nonetheless, and I'm I'm so glad that... 90% of her goodbye confessional was just talking about that. So thank you guys for having me on again. And uh, hopefully I can send in another insider information uh, next week. <laughs> that, that, that oh is awesome. Thank you so much, George. That, yeah, that was that was good to hear. That was interesting. I wish it, I wish it had been an actual showman's but mm-hmm. uh, Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe well, he wouldn't have slipped on her if it would have been... Uh, a little more of a real actual showman mm-hmm. possible then then yeah, we would have so. had to go to rock yeah if we, <laughs> i'm glad actually i'm glad he fled we would have had to go to rock yeah well that's the thing i want to talk about that just very briefly of how like dang like that was cold that flip that flip was definitely not what i was expecting i thought that it was very funny to watch akshay like holding fall's hand on, on one side and levon on the other and then it's like letting go of Thal's hand as the last one's <laughs> red. Like, yeah. oh my god! I, th- I think people do realize though, like at that moment in the game, it made total sense for Thal um, to flip because he wasn't super tight with Lavana, and he knew Kara yeah. would come back into the game, so he knew he would. St- it would still be three three going into the next week, and he would have Kara instead of Lavana instead of risking rocks. So M- Mitch actually like that's the reason basically Mitch didn't flip, which he told me after the game was because he was actually really confident that Thal would flip i haven't i didn't even thought of that my mind wasn't even working during the rebuild but apparently mitch was going through it and thinking i think thaw is gonna flip so i shouldn't flip imagine if they would both flip that would have been kind of fun the the double flip yes i guess we've kind of discovered the limits to lavanda's powers she wasn't able to make thaw fall in love with her you know i think i think actually what we see in this episode is that lavada used too much of her powers i think she got kind of greedy like it was slowly kind of building up first it was just kind of reading people's minds it was mind control then it was levitation and i think her mind (laughs) got like so outside of itself that like the mind that was still within lavana it it couldn't it had short-term memory loss she couldn't even remember you turned a short circuit a little bit she just seemed a little bit too much of it yeah and uh all the way to the point where she's starting to like she's short circuiting she's taught having this conversation with herself at the end, yeah. you know, that was, yeah, her, her post tribal speech, that was mm-hmm. iconic. It was classic, oh. iconic Lavana, man. We're definitely, I'm definitely going to miss seeing her on the screen, uh, but you know, if she would have made the merge. She would have spilled it too overpowered. It wouldn't have even been fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I, yeah. I just think, yeah, from the moment she stepped on in episode one, she's just been an electrifying presence on screen and, it's weird to me, Survivor Michigan season one without her, but you know, I have to move on. So, um, what what do we think is was the biggest flaw in Lavana's game? Why why did she end up getting voted out this week? I think that's, she was a little too comfortable with where she mm-hmm. was at. 
Like, I don't think she was, she thought she was in danger at all. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think she really met with a lot of people, I guess. Yeah. Did, did you meet with Alana at all? No, I think Mitch might have been the only person that talked to her all week. Actually, I think I did talk to her at one point, although I don't think any strategic, anything strategic happened in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Also, I would have remembered it. But yeah, I, I think, I think, I don't think she talked that much to us. I think mainly she got her info that week from auction he kind of told her what was going down yeah i i definitely think that lovano was a lot of fun to watch but yeah like like i remember one of you said earlier i think it was jack she's probably treating this more like a vlog than a limb survivor mm-hmm. and you know as wise like i'm sad to see her go but also um can't be too surprised about it either yeah yeah, I, I think she's the type of person and the type of playstyle that if she would have made it to merge, she could have floated like very far to the end because I don't think she would have been. I maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think she would have been seen as like that much of a threat, especially if she would have just somebody that would kind of like tell her what to do. She could be maybe just like a solid number of an alliance. But yeah, I think I think that's true. I think the only reason that it was her this week, you know, it was really nothing that she did wrong. She wasn't seen as a threat, you know, just kind of because we had no other options and thought mm-hmm. flips. So this was like. You know, Levana was sitting pretty good. This was one of, like, a series of unfortunate events, I guess, that kind of led up to her being voted out. But if, if she had survived this week, I think she, you know, could have could have made it pretty far in the game. Yeah. And I can't really knock her for... I think, honestly, she drafted her tribe pretty well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, yeah. either way, it's going to be 3-3. And choosing Akshay is probably... I mean, I guess, like, Cooper would have been good, too. But, like, Cooper's chosen Cooper's, first, yeah, so he, she couldn't even chosen him. Mm-hmm. So, like, choosing Akshay was smart because she was basically one her biggest ally left mm-hmm. i think that she drafted her tribe pretty well for not knowing what a swap is <laughs> you know i i yeah i kind of agree i don't know how much more she really could have done to save her game do we think akshay would be in danger next week if they went to tribal again well if kara joining their tribe it's still gonna be a 3-3 yeah i, I don't know because i definitely also like kind of feel like fall's already kind of shown that he's not extremely loyal to yeah akshay and levon i mean even then, they were kind of like on separate sides in their own tribe. Like I, that's why I'm. I guess I can't be too surprised about him flipping because, like, you know, ideally he would have wanted to vote out one of them if Neela had gone to tribal. So I, I'm not surprised that he's not loyal to them at all. And now that he has Kara, who is on his side, and Akshay, who isn't, I feel like I could definitely see his easy kind of easy target being Akshay, someone that's yeah. kind of shown to be a threat by you know, kind of pulling the veil over uh, Matthew and uh, the rest of Maison's eyes for the entire week. And now, and then now, like, the only person on the tribe left that was on the wrong side of this vote. Uh, I could definitely see Akshay as kind of being kind of the number one obvious target. But I can also see the flip side of that happening. Um, Akshay now knows that all flipped on him and his closest allies so actually i could very well see being like all right fuck this neela stuff i'm gonna swing over to you know matthew in the gang so true yeah like i said next week's an amazing episode i'm sad i can't do back-to-back podcasts because Mm -hmm. next week's an amazing episode as well but yeah i'm sure i'm sure everybody will enjoy it envy all the fans who get to watch this for the first time not knowing what happens Mm -hmm. guys guys are in for really good um back after the season i guess it's awesome I noticed that Kara is in crutches next week, so I'm wondering what happened to her on Exile Island. Maybe oh, so she first like, of all, there. where do you think Exile Island is on the University of Michigan campus? Like, I feel like they might have just sent her to East Lansing or something for the week, <laughs> or North Campus. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, now that, that was that was just that's now that's an exile. I don't know if anybody could ever oh. come back to North Campus. Yeah, I guess we'll see. You know, maybe she got injured doing rowing stuff. Maybe she got hit by a bus. You, know, you never know what happened. Maybe she ran into some wild animals in Exile Island that kind of had to fight them off. Yeah. Uh, I definitely want to see a little bit more of uh, Kara's uh, escapades. I guess we'll see. You know, maybe we're going to see a crazy fight that Kara's involved in yeah. and lands her in crutches. Corolla. Wow. I'm excited. Yeah. Oh, by the way, this episode was uh, fun for me to watch. I was back at home last weekend, so I got to watch this one with my family. So I got to, I got to get some of my mom's reactions. Your uh, mom? Yeah. Miss Morris, what is she thinking about this episode of Spot Michigan? (laughs) (laughs) So my mom definitely was like, oh, that Cam, I I just feel like I know someone that looks, you're friends with Cam, right? I I recognize him. I know that kid. You must be friends with him. Like, no, mom. I've not actually met Cam in real life. But she's like, oh, I, I recognize him. I've seen him somewhere. 
actually, you, you're one of his friends, right? You must be tagging the Facebook photo together. <laughs> no, mom. I, I don't know. I, I, you know why I think she said that, Sam? So why? On our Facebook page, the cover photo is of season one. And Sam's rel- one of Sam's relative comments, like, where's Sam in this picture? And then, was it your mom who commented? I think he's, like, second from back, and it was Cam. That was that was my grandma, but oh, know, okay. maybe it runs in the family. It runns in the family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very well, Cushy. So, uh, basically, your mom thinks he's familiar because she thinks it's you. You know, I maybe, maybe. I, you know, I, I'm definitely, I didn't break my arm like Cam did, yeah. but I, I guess we're both tall. You know, we have, uh-huh. we have kind of defined tall over the course of this podcast, and I think mm-hmm. that Cam probably fits into that. How tall are you, Matthew? The viewers of Dying to I think six foot, maybe just a little bit under. It's 5'11". 5'11". You just got to round up. Who's taller, Miriam? All right, Jack and, Jack and Matthew are now standing up. Jack has a hat on, and it still looks Matthew like Matthew. Matthew's a Jew, so it's kind of tough to come up. That's true. Yeah, my hair is really long right now. It looks like Matthew is a little bit, a little bit taller. Yeah. Another thing that my mom was saying is that Lavana is just like ridiculous. I, I don't know. Um, they were watching the bathroom scene, and my mom was just like, "What the heck? Like, why is she bringing her phone to the bathroom? Like, it's unsanitary." <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know if my mom was as amused by Lavana's antics as uh, as I was. My mom actually shared the same opinion. Really? Yeah. I feel like that's uh, a mom opinion, Matthew. No. Here's, here's the thing. I want to make a little statement here about how this podcast, we are supposed to, we are reviewing Survivor Michigan, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And here's uh, some constructive criticism that my mom said Ooh. that we can take with a grain of salt because, of, you know, but that she's like, oh, there's so much talking. These episodes are so long, you know. And I, I personally, I like to tell, I like the content. I think that everything is just exciting to watch. I want to know what's going to happen. I want to know what everyone's thinking, what's going to happen going into tribal. But I, have to, I think that, you know, when I'm thinking about it, George's catering is making a very good season, but he's also making it for an audience who I think most of the audience of Survivor Michigan are people who are very into Survivor and who yeah. are very interested in the strategic side of things. And um, The type of people who can name off every season in order. Exactly. Yeah, those, those people. But I, I mean, yeah. I will say, like, I think it, like especially this episode, like George hit like exactly everything that needed to be included. They needed to be included, and like nothing that didn't need to be included. Mm-hmm. So oh, I mean, yeah. just like when you have episodes where like literally like a lot happened this week, sometimes an hour and nine minutes is exactly exactly what you need. So prop, oh, yeah. props to George for fitting everything in. Props to um, that Oh yeah, I totally agree. But I think it's some kind of interesting thing about the Survivor Michigan audience. My mom is definitely one of the more casual fans of Survivor, mm-hmm. um, and the rest of my family. Whereas like. They've yes watched Survivor for years, but they're not watching it. They're not listening to the to these like you know, pot like these podcasts analyzing strategy. They're not on the r slash Survivor subreddit. You know, looking at memorizing everyone's names, and knowing every single season in order. You know, they're kind of just they're watching it to be entertained by Survivor characters. You know, they love the moments where it's like, you know, Matthew is you know calling himself the lion, the king of the jungle, or the lion, or whatever. They love the moments where, you know, Mitch is sending the wrong text messages to the wrong group. That's the, that's the part they love. Then it gets into the, the strategy and they, you know, kind of like zone out a little bit. So I think that's a, a little interesting note, I think, on Survivor fans. I think that George is doing a phenomenal job with the episodes. But that's also to say that there's definitely different levels of fans who watch Survivor. I think George is doing a good job at making an episode that's like appealing to everybody, which is why I think we're gaining a, really, a following really fast. That's not to say there aren't going to be some people who will who will watch a very um, strategic and very like a layered episode like this one and be like their their thought might just be like oh that was a lot of talking I mean there there literally was a scene where it showed Matt uh, going into like a naming off fifty different scenarios back to back to back of what could happen which you know that's just how this episode that's how that tribal went there's a lot going on and I thought it was really really made for really captivating television in my mind Definitely. okay so basically i was gonna have matthew list all the seasons and we and like time him and see how long it takes oh my gosh <laughs> I, so you guys can put me on the spot no i was yeah that's funny because i was thinking the same thing i was thinking that we could do like a race to see like uh, like who of us three here or, or you sarah too can do it the fastest we should just well, go like one two, three, four, and like whoever messes up first loses yeah. so some okay. insider info on me though 
I didn't really watch Survivor until after I played, so I'm actually only on season 25 right now, so I uh, couldn't really name any. I don't know if Sarah. <laughs> I don't know if Sarah can play. Sam, do you feel confident? No, Sarah can just be the first person to lose. <laughs> well, and then we'll keep going from there. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll get it started. Okay, Borneo. Australia. Africa. Marquesas. Thailand. The Amazon. All, no. Uh, ah! But who started? We'll give them credit. Pearl Islands. All Stars. Vanuatu. Palladium. Guatemala. Uh, Panama. Cook Islands. Fiji. China. Micronesia. Mic. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Uh, Gabon. <laughs> Token teams. Samoa. Uh, heroes versus villains. Nicaragua. Uh, Redemption Island. South Pacific. One World. Philippines. Caramon. Blood versus Water. This is where I don't know. Okay. Uh, I'll pick up. Stairs out. Um, Cagayan. Uh, San Juan del Sur. Rolls Apart. Cambodia. Kaurang. Millennials versus Gen X. Game Changers. Heroes versus Healers versus Hustlers. Ghost Island. David versus Goliath. Edge of Extinction. There we go. Woo! Impressive. Yeah. <laughs> you guys were so nerdy. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, we can do that three times as fast. Yeah. All right. Hey, let's do, keep doing it until we get it. <laughs> yeah. Good, well, yeah. Good, yeah. Good job, everybody. Right. Thank you so much, Matthew, for joining us this week. This has been an amazing look into the mind of a lion, of a genius, of a homicide detective, um, of a master, whatever you want to call him. Just, just call me Matthew. Uh, <laughs> Matthew Israel. Yeah. That would be both. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, thank you so much for uh, having us on. Well, actually, you didn't have us. But we, we had you on, but you had us into your home. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, but excited for you guys to see the rest of the season and can't wait to keep listening. Yeah.